Hello, everybody. Hello. It's Dr. Joe. Have we started? I don't know. Hi, folks. It's Dr. Joe again. I don't know if you know this, but I actually wrote a musical about Semmelweis many, many years ago before people actually started thinking about Semmelweis. Uh, I was inspired because I had heard about this fellow in my OB Jin class um, at um, medical school. And I remembered him right after the birth of our third child, Galen. Now, what had happened was our first two kids were by C-section and our third child, several years later, we decided it was called a VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean. And everything went fine. We had this wonderful, wonderful little boy. And one evening when Carol and I were just hanging out together, I started to remember this fellow Semmelweis and remembering how incredible it was because maybe a hundred years ago, Carol probably would have died in childbirth. So I started to research Semmelweis and I don't know whether you can see a bunch of these books here. Uh, I started to read everything I could on Semmelweis. I was very fortunate because I had access to the Widener Library. I knew the person who was one of the curators there, and he got me the actual original first translation of Semmelweis's original manuscript, The Etiology of Childbed Fever. And while I'm reading it, I started to realize that Semmelweis may have gone mad. And when you think about why, here was his story. So imagine Hungary in 1847. Europe is being hit by something called childbed fever. Two days after giving birth, many women were dying, dying of something called childbed fever. They would give birth. Two days later, they'd come down with this fever and many of them would, would die. Semmelweis was a Hungarian obstetrician practicing in Vienna in 1847 at the Algemenes Krankenhaus a medical hospital teaching facility. People would come from all over Europe to learn at this hospital. And Semmelweis was, was pretty much out of residency. And he was confronted with a dilemma. There he was, this Hungarian obstetrician, and on his ward in the Krankenhaus, 10, 15, 20% of women were dying two days after childbirth. But right down the hallway, in almost an identical ward, with the midwives. And the midwives were doing the same procedures. The women were giving birth, but they were going home with their babies. Their husbands were coming to pick them up. And Semmelweis became absolutely obsessed and riveted. He had to find the answer. Why were these women dying on his ward, but not right down the hallway? So about 20, 30 years before, the church had given a dispensation that said that doctors, instead of doing grave robbing, could actually dissect and do autopsies on the bodies of dead people. This started a whole world of something called pathological anatomy, the study of dead people and looking at what had made them sick and die. So every woman who died from childbed fever, Semmelweis would take down to the autopsy room and write down everything he could find. And then he'd go back to the ward and examine the women in labor and some of them would die and he would take them and 
examine them as well. Until one day, one of his friends, this fellow Kolechka, an Austrian, uh, cut himself during one of these autopsies and two days later he died. And Semmelweis realized when he looked at the autopsy report that it was all the exact same symptoms of childbed fever, but Kolechka was not a woman who had just given birth. All these theories that women were being embarrassed by men who were examining them, or there was a miasma in the air, or there was something there. Every one of these theories Semmelweis was disproving, and he was making a lot of enemies, a lot of enemies in Austria who didn't like this upstart Hungarian. But then he found this answer, this one answer, that the only difference between his ward and the midwives was that the medical students, the doctors were doing autopsies and the midwives were not, they weren't allowed to do autopsies. So the only difference was that Semmelweis was taking something from his hands, from the autopsy, he called them cadaveric particles, particles of the cadaver and introducing them into these women in labor and some of them would die. So Semmelweis came up with his discovery. You had to wash your hands. And that's how the end of act one is in my musical. Semmelweis goes through this torment, struggling to find these women, to find out why they were dying and then realized that he was responsible for many of these deaths. Just imagine what that must be like. As he says, in my fever to discover, I have killed so countless mothers. So that's the end of act one. And it's designed so that the audience says, well, okay, we know he's right. We know that Semmelweis is right. We know that you have to wash your hands. So why is there an act two? And the reason is because no one believed him. And in the opening of act two, one of the students, one of the other doctors there sings this song. Semmelweis has instituted hand washing where people have to wash their hands and he has already shown that the death rate can be less. He's actually decreased the death rate lower than that of the midwives. But this is what the fellow sings. Hope you can hear it. Have you heard the one about the crazy Hungarian? <laughs> Forcing everyone to scrub and wash their hands. Preaching how our fingers carry childbed fever. How can you believe in <laughs> such a crazy man? Look at this basin by the bed. If you don't wash, he'll bite off your head. And shout at us and waste our time, telling us to wash our hands with chlorinated lime. That's his solution, <laughs> chlorinated lime. Perform our ablutions, he must have lost his mind. Everybody prays crazy Dr. Semmel wash. <laughs> he's done all the research, he's not full of bosh. We are so amazed that we just go, gosh, Dr. Semmelwash, you're such a crazy man. <laughs> Here 
comes on the ward, this absurd doctor oh so wise. Scaring all the women with his staring eyes. Washing till his hands are raw and smelling nice. Drop it, Dr. Semmelweis. You're just Hungarian. <laughs> he's made the life of students even worse. Dr. Semmelwash, he's our curse. Who the hell does he think he is? This Hungarian revolutionist. Everybody prays crazy Dr. Semmelwash. He's done all the research. He's not full of bosh. We are so amazed that we just go. Gosh, Dr. Semmelwash. Let's all give him a hand. That smells like roses, <laughs> Dr. Semmelwash. You're such a crazy man, offhandedly speaking, Dr. Semmelwash. You're a joke throughout the land. Gosh! So I want to thank Ray O'Hare. Ray O'Hare was the person who sang that song. Uh, in one of our Boston performances way back when, and I don't know, maybe 2005, something like that. Yep, I had written this musical about Semmelweis, When the Truth is Not Enough. And now I want to share it with you. Because the story that happens next is a parallel to the story right now. Because many people just don't believe in science. They just don't believe that there are things like global warming or climate change. And yet here was this fellow Semmelweis who made a discovery that ultimately would save millions of lives. And no one believed him. No one believed him. So uh, I'm getting a thing from Nathan Johnson. Thanks, Nathan. Um, yeah, Dr. Lister actually knew about Semmelweis. And Lister, as you know, Listerine, Lister actually got all the credit for Semmelweis's discovery. And part of it was because Semmelweis was not a good politician. Nobody liked him because what he was doing was saying, you guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. And when I read his book, the etiology of childbed fever, what Semmelweis had done was he had done the first statistical analysis. He showed the difference between the things that had happened before and after he began instituting hand washing. And because no one believed him, they actually drove him out of Vienna and back to Hungary. There's a song that I'll share with you another time where the director of the hospital says to him, there are great men in medicine, Dr. Semmelweis. Surely you don't think that you are one of them. <laughs> but he was. Yes, I want to bring this musical back. I'm going to need help doing it, but we're going to figure out a way to do it right here online. Because what happens next is absolutely mind-blowing. Semmelweis goes back to Hungary. He proves his point again and again, saving all these lives and still no one believes him. So he writes his book. And the first half of the book, The Ideology of Childbed Fever, is all about the statistical analysis. But the second half are these open letters that he had written to these physicians in Europe, basically calling them murderers. 
because they were not doing what he told them to do, that they were murderers, that they were not following the first, first rule of the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm, that they were. But the doctors were saying, wait, 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 it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple because if it's that simple, anyone can do it. Why do we need doctors? Which of course is not true, being a doctor. But besides that, so what do they do? They lure Semmelweis back to Vienna. Pretend that he's going to do a lecture. And they humiliate him. And what Semmelweis does in my musical, I'll give it away because I want you guys to see it, but I want you to understand how passionate this man was to prove his point. He's doing a dissection to show the symptoms of childbed fever and he's being ridiculed. So slowly, methodically, he says, I will prove my point to you. And he cuts his hand and he puts it in the cadaver and he infects himself. And a few days later, he dies in an insane asylum of all the symptoms of childbed fever. It wasn't for many, many decades that people learned about germs. They didn't know about germs yet. Semmelweis intuitively figured out that there was something on his hands. He called them cadaveric particles, but he began to realize that it was not just a cadaver, that there were these things that were creating these infections, being transmitted from one person to another, and he needed to make people understand it. And that's what's happening right now, folks. That's why Semmelweis is so amazing, because he anticipated coronavirus and what we all need to do to help each other. He anticipated we need to wash our hands. We need to be able to care for each other by doing that simple thing. So over the next week, I hope people tune in. I hope you tune in so that you can listen to more of the songs. Semmelweis, S-E-M-M-E-L-W-E-I-S. And please, please, Tune in tomorrow night at 8 o'clock to the Dr. Joe Show. We're going to be talking a lot more about Semmelweis, and I'd like you to hear some more of the songs. So, thanks, folks. Remember, we can do this. The other thing to remember is it was still an I am. That was still Semmelweis's I am. He was influenced by the home, the social, the biological, and his own IC domain, wondering how other people saw him. But Semmelweis was right. Semmelweis, when the truth is not enough. See you tomorrow.